Thursday, April 8th, can't thank you enough for choosing to allow this particular podcast to penetrate your ear holes. A couple good conversations today I think you're going to enjoy. Maybe my new college basketball coach uh, that I want to want to hang out with and befriend. Scott Drew, Baylor Bear, national champion head coach, legend of a man. I love chatting with him. I think you will as well. Also, Shaquille Griffin, A.J. Hawk, and the boys. We have a good conversation for you here on this beautiful Masters Thursday. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Uh, that's right. The Masters have teed off this morning. The boys are down in Georgia, swinging clubs, dressed incredibly fashionable, while a large group of humans are walking around, flocking around them in the golf course. It's a beautiful day. Masters Thursday. We are back, okay? Now, it got shifted into the fall because, you know, COVID came through and kind of knocked the Masters uh, out of its time frame alongside every other sporting event on planet Earth. But here we are. There's a crowd down there. Gary Player and Jack teed off this morning. It would appeared to be the butt crack of dawn mm-hmm. and now they're already out there golfing uh guy scored a triple bogey on the first hole he got hot there are some other players out there the big conversation though is what the players are wearing mm. brooks kepka incredible pink hat coming back off a knee injury the skeptics and haters said he would not be able to play in this tournament he took that personally now he's out there looking like a bazillion dollars Bubba Watson's wearing the Jordan 4s. It is a fresh pair of golf cleats. I, They have to be so uncomfortable. Okay, like if yeah. these are anything like the actual Jordan oh, cle- shoes. Incredibly uncomfortable. They alluded to that in the uh, Jordan uh, dog last dance or whatever documentary. Uh, actually, he talked about how his feet were bleeding whenever he was wearing. <laughs> they do not make Jordans for comfort at all. I would assume that hopefully they would have a little bit of something here for Bubba, where these incredibly dope, awesome looking cleats that I wish I could buy were somehow more comfortable than the regular shoes are because the regular shoes are impossible to wear, but they look so damn good. We all just kind of battle through it in our every single day. Uh, he is also using a pink driver still. Dustin Johnson's out there looking fantastic. The Masters have just begun. We will cover it while the show is going. There's a TV on in the studio. This is another day where there is a chance this show will be derailed <laughs> by what's going on in television we apologize for that we can obviously not air it uh neither does anybody else aside from a website until three o'clock which good news everybody's basically done by then so once again we don't understand why we don't make this easy to access but that's golf that's not us that's a different world we hacked into a website to get this like a lot of people have this morning we will cover that we had great guests today hey oh yeah yeah. yesterday we had a guy with two phds on you remember that oh yeah Uh dr scott goldman that was a cool conversation it is the by the way the goldman standard right. whenever people are testing for intelligence of the brain and not just you know book smart we're talking how fast are the reactions what's the recall like of the brain he tries to really test all aspects of the brain to see what it's good at what it's not good at try to be a descriptor of what they think the brain is as opposed to a predictor he says it's impossible to do that they don't fuck with personality it was a good conversation by the way it spurred i think a lot of conversation with other people especially with how good 
Justin Fields did on his test, allegedly via Mark Sanchez, although the guy that created the test who was on the show yesterday did not confirm nor deny that because of HIPAA. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields potentially moves up in the draft narrative because it finally came out that he potentially has uh, photographic memory. That was a cool conversation with that guy. Okay, got a chance to learn a lot. Today, talking to somebody new, too. Ooh, really? really? Yeah, it's a big day. Okay. National champion, college basketball head coach for the Baylor Bears, Scott Drew. In about 19 minutes or so. Okay, I'll talk to Scott. I'll say, hey, Scott, how you doing? All right, you're national champ. Let's talk about it. He went to school right down here in Indianapolis. Butler. Did not know that. It's where he got his coaching start at right here in Butler. Really? Yeah, now he's a national champion down there at Baylor. Cannot wait to chat about his team and how they were able to stop that Gonzaga squad. Not just stop, by the way. Step on their throats numerous times. Cannot wait to hear his thoughts on how his team handled the COVID season, his life, everything like that. And I think they got a lot of players back for next year. Let's go on a run. And Shaq Griffin. Ooh, another national champion. Yeah, national. Yeah, use that, by the way. Celebrate that thing. He is... Obviously, incredibly inspiring and motivating for a lot of people. Never talked to him. Can't wait to chat with him in the third hour alongside a guy who drives with both of his feet. Oh, no. Yikes. AJ Hawk. Let's get to the show. Bubba Gumpino's here at Boston Connors here. Ty Schmidt is here. Uh, and obviously, sitting as a mouthpiece for the internet, dialed into the YouTube comment section, dialed into Twitter and all things happening around the world. Uh, the guy who reads our polls every day, one of the greatest minds in the history of anything, at Viva Lazito. You look fantastic today. Yep, just a backup caddy today, just in case someone goes down. I'm going in. Yeah, we have call. The, the full caddy suit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a legit one. We actually actually ordered that for the college game day uh, appearance (laughs) that we made. Zito has worn this particular caddy suit actually live at the Masters. Yes. Because game day was at the Masters. We were satellited in. Mm -hmm. We were FaceTimed in. We were Zoom called in. We were dialed in there. They had us on a screen down there, though, in the show was live from the Masters. Yep. So I've been to the Masters. So I was live at the Masters. Uh Mm -hmm. Shout out. Shout Shout out. out. They would never let me on their grounds, by the way. That's exactly what I'm referring (laughs) to. I talked to AJ about this yesterday. I am not the type of person that they just say, okay, come on in behind the, what, the bamboo or whatever the hell it is? The, 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 the pine straw? The, uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they have some sort of some. Come on in. They, they the masters would, yelled at you they, for having a picture behind we you. We had to change the picture that was on <laughs> the background while we were streaming live at the Masters <laughs> on College Game Day because there was a golf cart in it, which, by the oh. way, made the picture look awesome. Had to get rid of it because the Masters uh, people Cut the feed, would, please. Cut please, the feed. Please, please change that for their next <laughs> shot, which will be 30 to 45 seconds long. Need you to go ahead. And change that photo but anyways zito comes in in the full garb mm-hmm. takes my uh uh my bag from the green briar when i play anything walks out of there <laughs> zito was a caddy at the masters live at the hey you did a great job by the thank way it means a lot it, many people were saying that it was our magnum opus, really. It really was. You know what I mean? It was our biggest moment <laughs> we've ever had there whenever we got to do that. Uh, Zito, what's the poll for today? And we need to have an update on this at least three to four times while our friend from Ohio is yeah. on, Mr. A.J. Hawk. So do you drive with both feet like A.J. Hawk? Very surprising with 8,000 votes already. Yup, 12%. 
Very scary, Get by the, the way. Get the fuck out of here. What, what is, is that? Scary. What is that? We, for those that don't know, we found out yesterday when AJ Hawk was joining us that he drives with both feet. And he said it as if it was like, uh, oh, we all do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're not really... I mean, I guess when you get in a car with somebody, you would notice if they're driving with both feet because you'd be like, hey, Stooge, that's not how you drive. So you would think that that would happen, maybe. But he just assumed this was a regular thing. And in Ohio, it might be, by the way, if you've ever driven through there, that it actually answered a lot more questions uh, than I've had for a long time about Ohio and Ohio, Ohio drivers. Yeah. Notoriously bad driving place. Terrible. Yeah. Okay, you get on a highway over there, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. All right, you're going to be parked behind some people. There's going to be bad decisions. Now, I'm not saying Ohio is the only state, but there are people that believe that Ohio drivers are the worst in the continental United States. Really? really? Yes. A lot yeah. of people in Indiana that I've talked to actually said, hey, heard what A.J. Hawk said today. Makes a lot of sense. Ohio or the worst. Now, I believe it's Illinois. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. No, I no, am no, a no, firm, no. as somebody who okay. has, I feel like I have driven around a long time. I was uh, chatting with this, uh, chatting with this, uh, with my wife about this uh, the other day for my dad's 60th birthday. You know, my dad and I spent a lot of time in cars together. Yeah. I've basically been on the road since I was like 13, 12, 13, maybe even earlier than that with old Tim. I feel like I've been on the road a lot, okay? And, and maybe when I was young, I wasn't judging the drivers as much as I should. But as I've gotten older, I feel like I traveled a lot. Illinois is by far the fucking worst. No. Wow. And they, so wow. bad. Just decision-making is terrible. We're assertive. You, you see, no, you're not though. Like, because you'll just hang out there in that far left lane too. And then you'll find another Illinois driver who is just out of nowhere. You yeah. see an Illinois license plate, you have to give a little, okay, let's watch what this person is going to do. Card. Just a little, just a life advice. If you We're see, Fast and the Furious, baby. You don't know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. You don't know exactly. what you're getting. You have, you literally have no idea because there is a chance there's a Fast and Furious. Vin which, Diesel, baby. Which, by the way, I got respect for. Okay. Mm-hmm, if, yeah. if that's going to happen, that's how you drive, you got to do it. Yeah. But there's a chance there's a completely reckless, bad decision being made, then it's going to be your fault somehow. Yeah. A lot of that. My wife, most people I've met in Indiana, they do not feel that way about Illinois, who comes through here a lot. Thank you. They are firm believers that Ohio is the absolute worst. Really? Okay. Yeah, so when AJ goes, yeah, I drive with both feet and act like it was very normal, my wife celebrated immediately. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people like heard what AJ said, that's a normal thing over there. So just remember that th- when you're driving through the country, it's a cool thing. It's a very cool thing. You should go see stuff. And when you drive, you get to see things that you wouldn't see when you fly, obviously. And you get to meet and go to small towns. It's, it's a very cool thing to do but you got to remember not all driving is the same yep okay not all drivers are created equally aj hawk exposed himself yesterday for being a terrible driver now it was something he had to do because he probably had a rip groin or something Mm -hmm. and i've had to drive two-footed before when you can't move your leg you might be able to move your ankle Okay, but you can't move your leg to get over for whatever reason, whether it's a knee surgery, a groin, a hip mm-hmm. flexor, or anything like that. So he, he's just done that his entire life. It is alarming that 12% of the people also said, yeah, I do that. I did not know that was a number that was that high. Think about that when you're out there driving. Uh-huh. Okay, think about that when you're out there driving. Now, how many Uber drivers just put you up oh, in here too? Oh, we know. So you gotta think about that when you get into an Uber too. You need to maybe potentially be Excuse me, hey, I need hey, hey, to see what you're doing, Donna. Uh, AJ texted me last night and said he thought people had enough athleticism to drive with both feet. Oh, and that geez. was his entire, you know, like, okay. uh, bye. And then he went into an entire spiel about how, think about how long it would take you guys from going 
from the gas pedal to the brake. My reaction time, he said, because the left foot's already there, is so much faster than everybody else's. He actually went on to say that if everybody drove like him, insurance rates would be lower because reaction times would be faster and Not there wouldn't chance. be as many accidents. Not Fool. A chance. What did Hawk said last night? Can he even hold on to the steering wheel with those hands? Well, that's Jeez. we're talking about maybe he doesn't have to react as fast if he wasn't potentially just laying on his brakes the entire time, just rubbing them as things dry yep. as he's driving around town. I, I'd guess he has a lead foot, too. How many times do you think he's at a, a green, a, you know, a red light turns green and he's just holding down on the brake and pushing oh, on the gas? Like, why, why, why am I not going anywhere? Oh, he is holding. Burning rubber. Yeah. Anyways, that's alarming. It is. 12%. Weird. I would have guessed maybe one out of, uh, like one out of 20, one out of 25. I would think so, too. Like, maybe the, this person has had so many knee surgeries. Yeah. Or they just had to do this. They got comfortable doing this like AJ. Mm -hmm. But AJ was talking as if even if he didn't have all the surgeries and he was just doing it, he would have done it anyways. And that, for me, was scary. In driving home yesterday, I kept my head on a swivel. I you have no idea. Because if people are making that decision, what other decisions are they making? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What other decisions do they got going on? If they, and he said he started doing it because he uh, started with a, a stick or whatever, you know, driving a stick. And it was like, no, no, that is not exactly. You would not be doing that at all, actually. Because Jay and I, my brother, we were, hey, we were raised on driving stick. Wow. Right, Jay? Oh, yeah. Our dad taught. The entire and every kid we knew how to drive. This yeah, place. literally. Get out in the car now. It was almost like Tim was like, you know, like, them in my car. I think. Yeah, Tim was like, hey, listen, if you don't know how to drive, okay, a stick, you ain't. This ain't driving. Yeah, no, you're not driving. Good thing to know too. What's that? How to drive a stick? Not anymore. It's kind of getting like completely. <laughs> what's that mode called? See, I don't even know what it's called anymore. What is that called? It's not. The manual? Manual. manual. Yeah. There it is. Manual. Driving a stick. Now everything's that sports stick and the flappy pedals stuff. Yeah, you got the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the flappy pedals, you don't even have to get off the gas. No. You could just go while you're doing that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, but back in our day, you know, you used to have to actually shift the gear for the engine of the car you were driving. Oh, yeah. Okay, and it does... It did help me whenever I transitioned into the motorcycle, oh, yeah. you know? But acting as if that was why he would go clutch to the brake with his left foot, I just don't know. No, it's foolish. I don't know. You got to pull those people who said yes to how many times, you know, have you gotten in an accident while mm -hmm. you've been driving right. with two feet well, on the pedals? And they would just say, well, actually, it's their know, fault. Typically, entire, the other person's. Yeah. If they would have. Anyway, so we'll keep up with that poll. 12% is scary. If that thing gets above 15%, maybe we all think about just walking everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's maybe not bad. Buy a yeah. bird scooter. Sometimes you got to hit the clutch, hit the gear. Hit the gas and I'm going. Uh -huh. That's right. Okay, 50 Cent said that. Mm -hmm. Shout out to him. Let's talk about some sports stuff. Brandon Marshall is reporting, okay? Yeah. Brandon Marshall, I am athlete podcast owner of House of Athlete. Uh, I texted him the other day. He has not answered. That's oh, sure. okay. Brandon. Friend of the show. Thought, yeah. thought friend of the show. Anyways, guy who is plugged in, dialed in, uh, growing a great business. Uh, excited for him. Great guest on the show last week. Yeah. He reported on First Things First, which is Fox's, Fox Sports's, Good morning football? Pretty much, Essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, no, but it's, is it good morning football? Same, same time slot, I yeah. believe. But is it like first take more? I is think it? it's more like first take. So it's a morning first take. Yeah. First things first. Mm -hmm. Fox Sports 1. Boom. Got it. Okay. Chris Carter used to be on there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chris Carter. Mm -hmm. I do remember seeing clips of Chris Carter going through and, and saying the gospel in there. Yep. That's why when you compare it to good morning football, good morning football is like, hey, what 
yogurt would you have if you were potentially this quarterback? Because they can only talk about the NFL. So they yeah. have to get very creative about <laughs> how they talk about everything. So I would assume to keep a little bit of life, but it's all very positive, funny show. First things first is not a funny show, right? I mean, no, it could not be. Re- yeah, I mean, I think sometimes they play stuff up comedically, but it is. It's the it's a debate, you know. So Brandon Marshall coming on there saying, hey, I'm reporting this. We can assume that, okay, he has, this is... Oh, yeah. He's dialed. I'm, I'm going to trust Brandon Marshall if he says I'm reporting something more than pretty much anybody else out there right yeah. now. Just with how he's playing. He says the Russell Wilson saga is over. He said Pete and Russ are past it. Don't even worry about it. I'm about to report this. This conversation is over. Russell Wilson is about to be a Seahawk for a long time. Russ and Pete Carroll are on the same page. I think their relationship is probably better than it's ever been. Whoa. Now, listen. Listen, let me tell you why. You know, if you ever go through something with somebody and it gets bad, you know, like back in the day, for instance, you potentially would have a scrap right there, maybe a wrestle, maybe something like that. You get your emotions out. You do your whole thing. Afterwards, what you learn from is that your relationship has now matured a little bit. It has gone through some things. Instead of maybe being built on sand, now there is a little bit of a foundation. There are some things you've gone through. There are some things you've had to work through together. There's conversations that you were forced to have because you potentially got to the point where you had to have them. That happens, I think, personally, professionally. That happens in a lot of people's lives. Maybe with themselves even. And I think if Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson had to sit down and talk after Russell's team was saying things, then Pete Carroll's team was saying things. And by Pete Carroll's team, I mean anonymous sources that came out to say, like, Russell Wilson would be jack shit if it wasn't for Pete Carroll. That was basically what an anonymous source said. (laughs) After Team 3 came out and said, we don't like what the Seahawks have been doing with Russell Wilson, the offensive line, the play calling, the blah, blah, blah. So, like, I think... There was some nasty shit that was being said publicly, which obviously, if Brandon Marshall's reporting this is over, their relationship is better than ever, they had a sit down. Mm-hmm. They had a sit Hey, Rush, you know, that's yeah. probably what Pete did. Yeah. Let's talk. Okay, let's talk. They sat down. I would assume, I would assume square table, one on either side of each, uh, one on opposite sides of each okay. other. Mm-hmm. Meal, I think, is probably served while this is happening. Uh-huh. And I think they had an entire conversation. I think there was potential notes that were taken. I, I think there was a lot of hard conversations that potentially happened. But if it's being reported that they're better than ever, that means they came to an understanding. They may have been forced to have this conversation, by the way. Mm-hmm. May have been forced to have this conversation. Because a way that this could have not happened, by the way, Russell Wilson just saying, trade me, I'm not talking. Yeah. So they were forced to have this conversation for whatever reason and it feels like they're back and better than ever congrats to the Seahawks fans and by the way I would like to say this show right here Mm -hmm. has never once said that we feel as if Russell Wilson's out of there no 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 we said it feels like that's right the reporting is because this was something that was being talked about then you hear about the chicago bear seattle seahawk trade thing that happened in fargo north dakota and it's like oh there was some real shit happened then more people have insiders are saying hey this is still going this is not over and then when brandon marshall says i would like to report this i'm like okay i believe that here we go they moved past it so there was some smoke there was probably some moments where russell stormed out of meetings allegedly and other things were happening and phyllis Philosophical differences is what Pete Carroll described as Schottenheimer's offense that he was running with Russell Wilson, which was basically just Russell Wilson. So I think they were forced to have a convo. Good for them. I don't know how the offensive line's going to react to this whole thing, but if they can move forward, I assume everybody else will be like, we can too. Well, and initially, Schefter basically said, hey, don't 
don't write this off until after the draft, right? He said it's still possible that teams will make plays during the draft. So, I mean, don't you think that someone other than you know, like the team itself or something would say like, hey, these guys got together. Russ is going to be here for a long time. If they're not at least still maybe entertaining someone calling up with a, a new deal for him. Yeah, because imagine if they go through that whole conversation. Imagine Russ and Pete have a full conversation. They're better than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And then somebody's like, all right, you want five first-round picks? Yeah. yeah. We'll give you the f- number four this year mm-hmm. and then four first-round picks. Okay. Then also maybe a third and two starters. And Pete has gone. All right, let's go back to <laughs> let's go back to the table here. I don't know what you do because if something is appetizing enough, do they go for it? Right. And I think it's going to the answer is going to be no. I think the answer is going to be no. Now that Brandon Martin, he's reporting that they're better than they've ever been because you're not going to move on from a top five quarterback if you have a top five quarterback if you don't have to move on from a top five quarterback. It felt like in Houston, Houston was going to be forced to move on from Deshaun because Deshaun and his team were taking a stand saying, hey, we're not coming there. I thought that was potential. That felt like that was very publicly over, right? Mm -hmm. This one never felt like that, right? It it felt as if, 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 I don't know, dude, when that team started burying the Seahawks, dude, when his team three, when his, when his chef and his cardio coach and his strength and conditioning coach and his agility coach Mm -hmm. and his spiritual advisor, Uh advisor, whenever that the team three was releasing statements and then those statements, by the way, were not being shot down by Russell Wilson. And then when quotes were coming out from about uh, uh, how good Russ would be and Pete wasn't saying anything. Then there were some times where it felt as if this shit was bad over there. Oh, yeah. They, they're better than ever. Good for them. Yeah, but he still never came out and said, like you mentioned, hey, I want to be traded. And after listening to Brandon Marshall saying, you know, Russell loves the Derek Jeter story. He loves the Kobe Bryant story. How those guys stayed with, you know, one team throughout their entire career. You'd think there would be like kind of a two-year window here where if they do take a step back, probably Pete Carroll's on the hook before Russell Wilson. Is. Okay, so we can do like classic – Sports take show. Mm-hmm. He likes Derek Jeter. Yep. Yeah, he likes Kobe Bryant, yeah. mm-hmm. Robert Mathis. You sure. know, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson publicly hates what Tom Brady and Peyton Manning did. Oh, right. no, that's joking. true though, because yeah, he put up other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's put down everybody. Loves else. Drew Brees, but there is a sentiment among a lot of players, including Aaron Rodgers, who has said this uh, recently, actually, as last year, I guess. Um, There's something to being with one team for the entire time. There's something to just being that whole thing. I mean, granted, eight years. How about that? No big deal. Russell Wilson. Could I have gone elsewhere? Maybe. Would I have thought about it? Probably. It's almost like. But I did stay here. You know (laughs) what I mean? So here we go. How you doing? But there is a sentiment to like being with one team. There's a thing. There is something about that. So I can see how Russell Wilson would be very you know, obsessed with that. But then there's also the conversation they want to get to Chicago because it's a bigger market in mm-hmm. L.A. And that must have all just been bullshit, by the way. Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. Sure. So if there was a reconciliation between him and Pete, are we led to believe that he basically just threw all of Team 3 under the bus and was just like, yeah, they don't know shit? Well, then, yeah. Because can he come out publicly and bury Team 3 or does that kind of kill Three and Team 3 together? You know what I mean? Like, Or does he have to do it behind closed door? Like, 
Hey, this can't get out. But hey, cool. the spiritual coach met up with the cardio coach, mm -hmm. and they were talking, and then Go Hawks kind of fell through the window. <laughs> yeah, but or they did what he, they were told. You know, or Russ was like, hey, thanks for doing this again, guys. You know, me and Pete just had our conversation. We are going to change the things that you guys pointed out to Pete. And now this Seattle Seahawks team is completely different. Yeah, Team 3 maybe uh, positioned Russell Wilson to be exactly where he wants to be publicly without Russell Wilson saying any of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now Russell Wilson gets to call plays. Now Russell uh -huh. Wilson's a part of the roster. To the, yeah. Now Russell Wilson, you know, is maybe running a team meeting or two. Mm -hmm. yes. yep. You know, whatever Russell Wilson wanted to do, which, by the way, all whatever the quarterback wants to do, and this is going to sound so bad, but if you're on a team, whatever that fucking guy wants to do that is going to make him play his best football, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> if he's playing football on Sunday really well, let's just get him to Sunday. Yes. Like, like that is a very real – let's just get the guy to Sunday. Mm -hmm. That is a mindset that a lot of people have uh, whenever – you know, you're talking about vets like Bruce Arians, for instance. Now, Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time. Bruce Arians said, though, there's a Wednesday. Tom doesn't want to throw. It's like, hey, Tom, hey. Take it off. Do whatever you whatever. want. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tom, you don't want to throw away. Get to Sunday. Yeah. The mindset is let you get to Sunday. So if Russell Wilson wants to do all these other things now, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks and everything, they have a much different view than I do. But as somebody that was in the locker room, it's just like, hey, who? none of this matters. Like, nope. Let's just get to Sunday. If he balls... We're all happy, mm -hmm. right? Let's just yeah. Now, if he stinks, get him out of town. Okay, tell Team Three to shut their trap. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Uh, joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, a national champion, head coach for the Baylor Bears, Woo. ladies and gentlemen, Scott Tree. Yeah, Scotty. Man, thanks for having me. You know you're a legend. Ever since you jumped in the Brazos, a legend. You and, yeah. Oh, the Brazos, I actually did. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because yeah. I, I heard about your time at Butler. I thought you were going to talk about the canal incident. What you were referring to was the uh, the sail gating, uh, the the Brazos. College were, game day. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah. Baylor Waco was very good to us. We went down there a few times. Uh, that campus is obviously beautiful and growing. I would assume right now yeah. the basketball team is a very popular thing on that campus, I'd imagine, huh, Scott? Well, we're, we're, we're very blessed. You know, uh, 14 of our 17 sports are all ranked in the top 25, and uh, uh, everybody's doing well. Everyone's excited. Hey, that's quite a flex you just said. <laughs> yeah. hey, 14 of our 17, top 25. We just won a national championship, by the way. Football team is going to get back to Providence. Yeah. It is a cool thing you guys got cooking in Waco. This season, beginning of the year, I'm sure you heard it. Everybody said, uh, this Gonzaga team, this Baylor team, mm -hmm. these two teams are on a collision course, two of the greatest college teams of all time. How were you able to handle that with your team? With COVID, the expectations, yeah. there was a little bit of a drop-off in play. How were you able to handle this season with your players? Well, first and foremost, I think uh, the stage was set a year ago when we won 23 straight games in the Big 12 because at that point it, it showed that uh, our guys uh, were tough enough, resilient enough, uh, and mature enough to handle success. Because uh, when, when you go through a season where you're projected number two or number one, and uh, Gonzaga was one, we were two in the first poll. It basically stayed that way. It won, uh, 1962 was the last time you had two teams that didn't drop out of the top three that met in the national championship game. Wow. Uh, we were going to play the game December 5th. I love Coach View because we have the same scheduling philosophy. 
Um, let our players play against the best. Let them enjoy their opportunity uh, in college to uh, showcase their talents and abilities. And uh, um, God had a better plan. He didn't say December 5th. He said April 5th. So <laughs> we were both good for that too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. The, the thought of playing that Gonzaga team, and I don't know enough about college basketball. I should. I was very intrigued by your team because it was just – we're talking about creating shots, making shots. We're talking about like big time athletic plays, you know, and you don't want to say this. I'll say this as a casual co college basketball fan. There's some LA fitness games here in Indiana. I'll go watch that potentially <laughs> look better than some college basketball games. Yeah. Okay. So that's just, but your team in the Gonzaga team. And I think that's why March Madness is so magical because it kind of separates the pretenders from the actual contenders in this whole thing. When your team started playing, I was, there whenever you guys played Houston you have some guys down there what is how is that is that just is it a pipeline down there is it practices what is it those dudes are insane on your team well, well, it, 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 as you know if it works out it has to be coaching right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but but no we're I, I tell you we got uh, uh, some really uh, hard-working guys um you you you'd love them because uh, they got that uh blue collar mentality uh, uh uh most of them uh, not top 50 guys they just came in and grinded each and every day worked extremely hard to get better and because of that um they were able to achieve their ultimate goal and that's when a, a national championship so i know you like uh, uh, our guys because they play with a lot of fire and determination and toughness that you play with and hey, by the way it if it appears as if they are very confident in themselves which is what i love like i like whenever people put the work in then whenever they get a chance to perform they have nothing but confidence that offense you guys put up points as if you're an nba team i mean it was just it was really really cool to watch and to hear that it was non-top 50 re uh, recruiting and everything like that, that is even better to hear. I should have probably known that already. But once again, bad sports shows. I mean, it is. Uh, we're talking to Scott Drew, head coach of the Baylor basketball team, just won the national championship. Scott, you were you didn't play basketball at Butler, but you were, uh, what were you, an assistant? You were, you were something like yeah, that? Yeah, student, student assistant. And I was really blessed because uh, we had an unbelievable staff. Coach Barry Collier helped build that program there. And then uh, their assistants, Jay John, who was a head coach at uh, Oregon State, Thad Mata, who, who had a great coaching career um, and was able to pick their brains, learn from them. Uh, and those three really helped me. Um, the other thing is that being in the Big 12 for 18 years, I mean, uh, coaching against uh, all the legends and greats that we've had have made me a lot better coach. In fact, one of the highlights this year uh, was uh, I was on Coach Huggins' uh, radio show with him when we were down there before <laughs> our game and uh, uh, had a blast with him on the radio show. Um, he, he's such a great man and should be a, a Hall of Fame coach here soon. Um, but uh, you know, when you're in the Big 12, uh, uh, you you have to you have to be able to compete and you have to get better as a coach. Otherwise, your teams aren't going to be successful. And it really prepares you uh, for the NCAA tournament. You know, we went to the Elite Eight in 2010, the Elite Eight in 2012, um, been ranked number one three of the last five years. So we've been knocking, and you're that much more appreciative after not having a March Madness last year and these guys having a chance to have it this year. Did you play golf ever? I, I golf, but when I got to Baylor, you know, we had too much work, so I haven't had a chance to get there. <laughs> All right, well, me too, by the way. But there's like, uh, you know, things carry over. There's a rollover. If you're playing like uh, a skins game or something, it's like, okay, this doesn't carry over. I think you guys won two national championships. That's there, right. Because right? yeah. last yeah. year, yeah, they get, 
Yeah, yeah, because last year's was bundled into this one. I think you won two there. Uh, to win to win the championship when you had to go into the bubble and then all season with the COVID protocols and it hit you guys. What is, yeah. is it? How big of an adjustment is that as a coach, as an organization? Because everybody has to go through it, but it's okay to yeah. acknowledge sometimes, like, okay, this sucks though. Was there any of those yeah. moments, or was it, hey, we got to well, get well, off? Well, you know, when we had the twenty-one day pause, I mean, we we were undefeated, we were playing tremendous, and then as a coach, you're worried, like, okay, wait a minute, are we going to be able to get back in time for March Madness? And one thing from talking to a lot of coaches, they said it's going to take two weeks and four games. Well, when we came back. We played six games in 14 days. So you really didn't get a chance to practice. And it was a blessing when we lost in the Big 12 tournament because for the first time we were able to practice. And and mm. it, it, as you know, if you don't do anything for three weeks, if you don't putt for three weeks in golf, you're not going to be able to putt. Well, we didn't practice defense for three weeks as far as closeouts, rotations, and being able to practice. And then the bubble really was a benefit because – then you didn't have to travel and because you didn't have to travel between rounds we could actually practice and this is where uh, mm. i know you were talking about uh, uh, belichick and different coaches and um for me we had a player-led team which is always the best in my opinion and and those guys understood the importance of us practicing to get back to where we were because analytically we were a top three offense in the country defense we were a top three defense prior to the pause and then after the pause our defense dropped to 44th just because we hadn't had a chance to practice and then uh, credit the guys really practicing hard, getting back to form. And uh, you said you saw the Houston game. Um, I mean, we were playing our best basketball at the end because of that. The bubble, I'm telling you now, you would have loved it. We're playing cornhole. We're no, playing We got karaoke night. I mean, we had a blast with the guys. You would have loved it. Hey, there was a. You might have got your butt kicked in Connect Four, though, because our guys no. really were good. No, 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 no. <laughs> listen, hey, listen, I, I am a Connect Four champ. Okay, and that cornhole, too. I mean, imagine at the cornhole. Oh. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have been good with the bubble, though. Like, just the thought. Yeah. Like, for me, the quarantine, I don't I don't leave my house much anymore. Like, kind of, But the mm. thought of that, I could go to the movie theater was like always you know like whenever that was taken away i think a lot of people were like this sucks or yeah. whatever for your team <laughs> for your team to buy in and also for you to think ahead and be like hey this could potentially mentally be wearing on the guys not being able to yeah. do anything in this bubble because there were some teams that did not have the cornhole karaoke night did not yeah. have the yeah. connect four and things like that did you have to plan that like you have to think ahead i'd assume like these guys we're going to be here for a long time by the way our team <laughs> yeah. we are going to be yeah. here for a long time we got to play is that something you legitimately had to plan for did you have meetings for was it you know you know coaches gotta we gotta lay down the vision we gotta think ahead that's our job but um first and foremost after not having the ncaa tournament last year and one one of the hardest things all of us coaches said was going to tell our team i mean because you know not everybody's playing in the nba so march madness is what you spend your entire high school elementary junior high career working for yeah and after not having march madness last year we were so excited to play in march madness Bubble, we could have been stuck in a closet for four weeks. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody loved having an opportunity to reach their goals and dreams in March Madness. So hats off to the NCAA, Dan Gavin, his group coming up with that. Second of all, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, so I call a lot of people that I love and respect. Uh, Dabo Sweeney had a lot of great ideas that we took. And because, uh, you know, they're, they're used to being in the uh, playoffs and traveling and doing those things. So one thing uh, I'm really blessed at the coaching fraternity, uh, coaches help each other. And uh, um, but you got to ask. And, and, and I definitely ask. Man, it's always nice to have the courage to ask for help. And I assume on the other side, Dabo was like, 
I thought nobody would call me. You know, and Campbell had us in his bracket, so he was really happy with you. In his house, he's the man, so it's all good. Well, that's Dabo with the drip. That's what he did on TikTok, obviously. Coach, I love your energy. The the thought of because Bob Huggins obviously is known as like a hard nose coach, right? And then you have yeah. uh, Calipari, Coach K, uh, uh, Roy Williams just retired or whatever. Now, being around the game of basketball, I assume for especially with 18 years and learning in the Big 12, has your coaching style had to change? Have you always been, are you like, I assume you're a player's coach, by the way. Have you yeah. always been that way? How, how have you kind of evolved as a coach, you think, over time here? That, that, that's a great question. I think uh, uh, the biggest thing with the difference with uh, players nowadays, like when you play, the coach said do it, and you said okay. Nowadays, you say do it, they want to know why. And if you explain the why and they buy in, then then coaching's easy. But if you miss that step, it's not so easy. Uh, as far as energy, I'm like you. Uh, um, God's blessed us every day. We don't have many uh, days on this earth. We gonna make the most of it. Yeah, we uh, are, coach. Optimistic. And positive. That's that's how I am. Um, so we, we approach every day as a blessing and uh, uh, get after it. Uh, coaching wise, I, obviously, I think I've gotten better over the years because uh, uh, no doubt playing against uh, uh, elite teams night in and night out and coaches in the in the Big 12, I try to take something from each of them. Um, Coach Huggins, for instance, uh, offensive rebounding. Both of us have, have been two of the best in the nation for, I don't know, the last six, seven, eight years. And a lot I've learned from him and his teams and going against them. Um, so try to take something from everybody. And then uh, at the end of the day, put our players in the best position to be successful and have a chance to win. And and obviously win a national championship and don't get much better than that. Yeah, I was. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Your guys, though, your guys were just filthy. That Gonzaga team. And I don't know much about much, but they look like they maybe were the most fundamentally sound team of all time. They were moving on a string defensively. It seemed like they're passing and weaving. They were getting bunny layups for the entire. Now you just see you later. Scottish. I mean, coach, come back. I mean, please don't leave. <laughs> your screen just went black. Coach. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, no, I'm happy you're still here. But anyways, it seemed like their passing was leading to like bunnies for them uh, all the way through. Even in the final four, it was happening there. Going into that game, did you have Uh a really good feeling that just not only the fundamentals and defense, but the athleticism of your team was going to be able like, did you have a really good feeling going into that game? I would assume you did, but they looked unbeatable at times. All right. So, so before every game, a coach obviously puts together a game plan. And if you feel like you execute it, things are going to work out. Um, at the same time, if you don't have those jitters, you don't have those nerves, you're probably going to get knocked out yourself. So um, did, did I know we could win? Absolutely. Um, did I believe in our guys? Absolutely. But that's the beauty of March Madness. It's a 40-minute game. And when it's a 40-minute game, the best teams don't always win. In the NBA, it's 4-7. or seven. So the best team's going to win. Uh, and you just never know. I mean, some nights you make shots, some nights you don't. Um, that's why defense and rebounding is so critical on nights you don't make shots. Um, but I, I knew we were, we were going to play as hard as we could because that's what our guys do. 
And like I see that uh, uh, Colts football right there. Like Tony Dungy was one of the guys that talked to our team. I love Tony Dungy. He's one of my one of my favorites. So um, shout out to Tony Dungy. Shout his out, his uh, old family was wearing Baylor gear. I think he picked us too. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Dungy, Dabo Sweeney. I mean, it, it's wow. a very smart idea to reach out to these people. And I assume they're going to continue to reach out to you as well to maybe get some information. The the thought of March Madness, though, and you can lose and everything like that, and not only the best team doesn't win, normally runs happen. Like, it's a game of yeah. runs normally. That's kind of how it goes. Both with the Houston game and with Gonzaga, it looked like they were supposed to go on runs, like a couple different times. And it felt like your team literally just, and I made the um, the metaphor, it was like a Christmas story when Ralphie climbs up the slide to tell him he wants a Red Rider BB gun or whatever, and Santa just kicks him back down. <laughs> yeah. That's what you guys basically did to every Gonzaga run. How do you coach that? How do you, because that seemed to happen uh, by, by, every by the way. By the way, I heard about that, uh, or, or SID thought that was really creative. Okay, <laughs> good, good, good. Shout out, shout out to SID, down. shout out, shout out down there. But how, how do you coach hero, that? No, no, no. But how, how do you coach that? How's that yeah, happen? Um, well, again, it starts with uh, you got to have a mature group because if you don't have a mature group, they don't move on to the next play. They're stuck in the last play, you know, and if you have a great highlight and then you give up a dunk on the other end there, it's two and two. You haven't gained anything. So our guys are next play mentality guys. Um, and then with that, if you have a solid defense like we do, um, hopefully that keeps away people from making runs. And uh, we didn't turn the ball over, which helps, you know, in any sport, you turn the ball over. It's not that, that leads to easy points on the other end. And we were phenomenal at taking care of the basketball. Um, but you look at it during before the pause. I mean, I, I don't know what our closest margin victory was. It might have been nine points. And then after the pause, when we came back in the tournament, I think we averaged 15, and the closest was nine points. I mean, this group was really dominant, and, and they deserve a lot of credit. Hey, I, I mean, we were dominant. Yeah. Hey, what do you have, Carl? No, hey, hey, hey. the team was dominant. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but you were, though. Uh-huh. And I, I actually, the day after the national championship, I was like, I don't know how I missed this Baylor. This is everything that the mullet, the guy, mayor. Yes. Oh my God, yes. with the mullet in the athletics, in the every, <laughs> just that team was beautiful. What do you have, Connor? Yeah, coach, you mentioned that uh, this year's squad was a player led team. Was it the mullets on the team that were kind of leading the charge, or who was well, the guy that was kind of the leader there? Well, well, I can tell you, first of all, none, none of us coaches are blessed enough to have enough hair to grow mullets anymore. But uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we, we really were, were with, with more the guards, the upperclassmen. I mean, Macy Oteague was a fifth-year guy. Uh, Mark Vidal was a fifth-year guy. Pat, I know you love Mark Vidal. Oh, I mean, that, 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 yeah, I know you love Vidal. Oh, you had to, pal. <laughs> and then, and then Davion and, and Jared, I mean, those guys, it was – it was really a group. It wasn't one guy. They they loved one another, respected one another, listened to one another. And iron sharpens iron. So I mean, it was it was great. Yeah, you got to go against the best iron sharpens mm-hmm. iron. Oh, to be yeah. the best team. Ty, what do you have, Coach? With the uh, free year of eligibility from COVID, how has that affected recruiting? Like, will you spend the same amount of time trying to bring new guys in, or do you have a couple guys uh, who had like a great run, and it's maybe convincing them, hey, come back for another year instead of going to the NBA draft? Yeah, that usually doesn't happen. The NBA draft wins. So, hey, how good of a recruiter are you? How good of a recruiter? Are you? Hey, hey, we're good recruiters, but we're not that good. Right? 
And, and, and at the end of the day, us coaches, I mean, our goal and our dream is to help our players reach their goals and dreams. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. So, so uh, in a lot of cases, we do what was best for them. If it's best for them to go to the NBA or move on, that's what we want, If what makes them happy. We'll obviously visit with our guys. We wanted them to enjoy the celebration. We have a parade on Tuesday, and then after that, we would talk with our guys. But uh, so, in life, so many times you move on to the next thing and you forget what's currently in front of you and what's happening. And, you know, this is only the second team in the state of Texas to win a, win a championship since 1966. The last one they did the movie on, uh, uh, Gory Road in Texas Western. So um, it's great to bring in a, a national title back to, to the state of Texas because there's so many great players, programs in the state. Um, and we're going to enjoy this one. Yeah, you should. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses every once in a while. Happy you're preaching that yeah, to yeah. the team. You got I like it. that. I like that. Hey, what do you have, Gumpy? Yeah, Coach, you called your shot when you got hired that you were going to bring a national championship to Baylor. So how good did that feel to come through on that? Well, well, well first and foremost, uh, uh, you know, the longer you coach at places, you don't really remember the past. I was like, man, that was a long time ago. I, <laughs> if they said, what'd you think when you saw that? And I said, what took so long to win that national championship? <laughs> you know, because when you're young, you're dumb. But <laughs> um, I know, I know uh, uh, it's a blessing to see. Coaching is like parenting, as I've said. And uh, when you see your kids happy opening presents at Christmas time, you're happy as a parent. And to see all the Baylor uh, family uh, being able to celebrate this and be excited about this, uh, I know our staff couldn't be any more proud and happy for everyone. Well, Coach, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of the celebration down there in Texas. You're the best, man. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for stopping by. Hey, and anytime you want to come down and jump in the Brazos during a basketball season again, it's a little colder. That's your cold tub, all right? <laughs> oh! Uh, head coach Scott Ruth. Thank you, man. Thank you People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30. And testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. And the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. <laughs> one of them damn word problems this is one of those yeah. problems where you're like oh wait a minute uh which can i ask a follow-up anyways i was good at those tests because i always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher that's right okay <laughs> i don't know what's going on but this is me versus you fuck you that's how, I, that's how i view it. that's why friends at roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production i did not know this they formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients you hear this aj roman's mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function they formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients getting started is simple just go to getroman.com usa their supplement contains Vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? Mm, maca, what? and 
ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Colin Morikawa, I just saw him drive right into the sand. Doesn't matter, his irons are good. These greens are impossible today. It's as if the USGA put this together. Not great for the boost we put together for somebody to shoot under 68. We still got a chance, but let's go ahead and hammer that thing. Uh, at Boston Connors here, at Bubba Gumpino has slid over. Ty has some obligations he has to get to for the weekend. At Viva Lazito, the caddy uh, who once appeared live at the Masters oh, yeah. is also here. And joining us, the COVID cowboy takes his saddle back. Preparation for Hammer Don has concluded, mm-hmm. I assume. Joining yeah. us for third hour. What up, Diggs? How's it going, pal? What are we doing? Are you betting hockey today or golf today? What do you got on Hammer Got Don? a lot of golf today. I actually have Mark Leishman to win the first round. And he's, he's minus four tied in the lead. Let's go. Mark. Took like five other guys. I emptied my entire account account mm-hmm. on the Masters today. Yeah, I actually I wasn't able to really get any more bets in this morning when I woke up, which is a fun little game you know master start at seven you happen to wake up 6 30 6 40 yep. it's nice to frantically get into the FanDuel app and go for it i forgot i have zero dollars in my account <laughs> oh come on yeah, yeah zero dollars no. can FanDuel just help you out a little bit no, no, i mean don't, don't want it to be that way, uh, don't that way. but you know you've donated they what a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> <this goddamn people. laughs> hey they have helped us yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they became our exclusive yeah, you could say gambling home i mean yeah. they did help us but I want to say I have given, I have given back. Yeah, it's a very good relationship, I assume, for them in the fashion of which what they giveth, they then taketh away. Right back with very juicy looking bets that turn out to be not so much like the Zhang <laughs> demons. Yeah, at seven a.m. when I wake up and they're up two, they're gonna cover three and a half it live bet, no problem at all. Yo, bet I know you'll love. Go ahead, the Pittsburgh Pirates, as you know. Yeah fucking stink and they haven't yeah. even been close to winning any game since the first one so if you just go against them every single game i saw they just gave up a home run in the first today yeah so. why why do we got the bush league speaking of bush league by the way it's great to have you back in the saddle pal. great to be here. hammered down i believe is going to be a tasking thing for you since you're daily live at 4 p.m live on the hammered down youtube uh but if you get to the point where you're like you know what i think i can also maybe just an hour maybe two hours oh yeah Maybe three hours, but I know it's going to get tasking at some point. So we have to set up and prepare for that whenever that time comes. If you feel like you get done with your show, though, preparation, would love to have the saddle back in. I feel like I'll get into a routine where, you know, things just get quicker and easier. Yeah, but it won't, though, because you're going to have to. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's what. Yeah, as somebody who has jumped into the daily life pretty full time, there's going to come shit where you just get to the point where you're like, okay, I just want to relax for a second. Know that when you get your show done, would love to have you back in here. Uh, AJ Hawk joining us as well. Well, yeah. AJ, AJ, would you like to extend congratulations to the COVID Cowboy who now has his own daily live show at 4 p.m. Hammer done? Yeah, congrats, uh, Diggs. It's good to, to see you back. Are you, uh, how do you feel? Do you feel like flustered, like there's too much on your plate? 
I want no congrats, and I don't even know how I'm sure I want to talk to you since you drive with two feet. Thank you. Thank you, Diggs. Let's get into it, please. Uh, AJ, we have a poll for today. Now, the Masters has started. A lot of people would think as a sports show. Uh, That was very nice, by the way. The pleasantries there. Thank you, and you're welcome there. I appreciate that after a good scrap, you know. The Masters today, though, you would assume that that would be the poll for the sports show. But what you did yesterday was so absurd whenever you just acted as if it was normal. I had and we had to ask the people. Our poll for today is... Do you drive with both feet like A.J. Hawk? Nope. 88%. Yup. 12%. Shocking. Over 70,000 votes. Now, I will say, A.J., we could bury you, okay? But there's 12% of this 70,000 people that agree with you, which is alarming. We have enough. Mm -hmm. But this has also remained at 88% to 12% for the entire vote. Since, like, 4,000 votes early all the way to 70,000 votes are the YouTube polls fugazi. Or wow. is Ohio just, you know, keeping up with the polls? And we they're, more. We they're more. helping out AJ here. Or is the early part of a poll the most yeah. accurate? It just kind of sets oh. the tone for the whole thing. Or Because it's been 88 to 12 for two and a half hours now at this point. The entire so time. Feels like it's potential bullshit. I think the number's a lot lower than 12, AJ. I think there's something wrong with this. No, I, I think it's probably spot on. And he, I'm the one that admitted it. So it's not like you can't kill me about it and say and, and drag me it doesn't matter like I, that's how i drive i'm not a, i'm not ashamed of it and the 12 percent of people that are on board with me hey welcome to the club i'm sure we're gonna have a lot more coming over here in the next coming three to six months i bet oh so, you're an oh, influencer no. is that what you're saying Whoa. i'm saying maybe maybe you have a giant platform pat people love you so when i get to come on here and let people know little tricks like that Maybe they're going to give tricks. it a shot. How about people can pick it up? How? Tr- yeah, the, the fact that you're disc- tricks are for kids, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay? So the the thing about it is, it's not a trick. It is a it is the wrong way to do. It's more something. efficient. It's much more efficient. No, no, it's not though. You're. You, I'm all about efficiency. I don't like wasting time. Bro, your brain thinking left foot or right foot is just as long as me thinking. Well, boom. Just mm-hmm. going to break. Oh, stop. You take out a thought. You're thinking, oh, I got to break and I got to go to my left foot. I'm only thinking, got to break. Break. God. You know what I mean? And, and by the way, it's not just me. It's 88% allegedly mm-hmm. of 70,000 people and every human I've ever met. You're the first person I've ever met here. It is, it is, it is alarming. But then you flipped this thing yesterday, last night in your text message. If more people drove <laughs> yeah. like me, we'd probably have lower insurance rates because everybody would be a better driver because they got two feet in the game as opposed to one. And I want to let you know, we do appreciate you being a hero. Yeah, Thank you so much. Thank you, AJ. Don't be scared to take the cape off. You know what I mean? Hey, you have that left foot. Why not use it? Just sitting there dead. It's like boxing. So boxers have their two fists that they can use. Guess what? MMA, I got my fist, my elbows, my feet, my knees, my legs. I got everything I can throw at you. <laughs> okay, listen, let's, let's take the knees. <laughs> shoulders. Shoulders. Connor and... knocks people out with the shoulder. Like, you can do everything. I thought you were going to say, like, a driver who only, or a boxer only uses one hand or whatever and doesn't yeah, use the yeah, other one. That would have made more sense. I yeah. thought that's what you were going to say. But you're talking about if the foot is there, why not make the most out of it? Yes, if you can become more efficient and a safer but driver, you, you should use it. Is but it from can't. driving with your cleats on to practice? Oh, that was always kind of difficult too, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah especially if you've got chance for two ice rinks that you're oh, on there. Because it does get slick, you know, with the, yeah. the cleats on or whatever. So now he's got to worry about the left cleat and the is his uh, is his ankle taped properly? Oh. Is it the same? You know what I mean? You are you are absurd as a human. I can, I've had to do it before. I've had to do it before because of surgery or whatever, where you can't 
you know, lunk your <laughs> dumb foot over to the break, how you described it to me in a text, by the way. So I have done it. It is. There's no way that is a better way to drive. There is just no. It is way. for me. It, it works for me. It's a much better way for myself. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything about anybody else, but for me, it works. Well, you just said you wanted to influence in the next three to six yeah. months a lot more if people. I can, yeah, if I can help the American public become safer and better drivers, then absolutely. <laughs> this guy working for Aflac? Yeah, bro, what are you, <laughs> potentially, but Aflac would Yeah, Aflac would want more dangerous <laughs> accidents. Yeah. So you're telling me you're doing this while you're driving? Hey. <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Come <laughs> And then you're going here, then you're going here. My legs don't have to move. I can keep both of them planted and just my heels on the ground. Oh, you got a big car. You got a big car. You're out there in one of them Shaq Buicks. <laughs> I was one of those, One of those ones that got it. You got big. So you're just doing this right here the whole time. You got it. That's how you fly a plane, right? That's foolish. Yeah, it's for the rudder. Yeah. That's oh, foolish. Wow. I've flown a plane before. I'll tell you what. Nobody that has ever flown a plane, expert pilot, captains, they don't drive with two fucking feet. Nope. No not, way. They're not fools. That's unbelievable. What does uh, what does uh, what do NASCAR drivers and IndyCar drivers do? They could do it. I'm sure they could get away with it. Uh, they're actually there are things on the yeah, paddles now. Yeah, and they they're no no. I'm saying in everyday life, like when they're just driving around. Yeah, yeah they paddles. drive one foot because they're professional drivers and they're good at driving. They're not amateurs. Plus, they're going so fast they need that left foot to be free in case they need to hit the e brake. That's the most important thing here. Yeah, we we are forgetting about the e brake. Yeah, most time it is hand, but no. the parking brake. <laughs> they're is down what you're there now. To, like, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about the parking brake, uh -huh. which by the way that thing can turn yeah you, you know need I mean? you need to keep that left foot free by there way, is some glimmer from the chat saying faster reflex with two feet no it's not because you have two thoughts mm -hmm. instead of one so yeah. i don't need to hear maybe the dumbass fucking two, youtube comment all, section it is all one thought why would it have to be two thoughts maybe in your brain but it doesn't have to be two thoughts just it's all we're in unison we're so efficient driving already it's just all just a flow you're in the flow state yeah, yeah but you have one to move <laughs> like a circle okay no edges <laughs> like i'm sure circle. gary v could explain it better than me i would assume i would assume there's some metaphor he would make it make sense for all of us uh, that drive very differently but there's two thoughts at least which break i got a break and then left foot for us it's just break yeah it's a boom no Same foot. for you it's break lift this stupid mm -hmm. right foot up and put it on the brake you slide it, no. dude. Yeah. What, what do you mean, mean lift it up? What do you got? You you have little We're rocks down there. Squats. With your, if you're sliding it, just your angle of your foot cocked like that, you don't have enough pressure if you really need to break hard. Oh, it's like a pivot. You, all you got to like do is hand. move it over. This is embarrassing. But let's let's move along, shall we? I mean, this is a 13-minute conversation. You're, <laughs> I didn't, you're exposing I didn't start yourself. It. Yeah, you I didn't did. start it. I didn't want it to be to become a thing, but you made it something. You, you did. did. You knew it was going to be a thing as soon as you said it. Yeah. You knew. You knew it was going to be a I thing. How would I ever know what's going to be a thing with you? Oh, <laughs> you know. Hey. Your brain. Like, you could never predict what's going to be. Hey, that thing. Adidas jacket you wore with the Velcro, oh. I'm, still, I'm still looking for right now, AJ Hawk. Um, AJ, let's talk about some things that are happening in the world. Have you seen the graphic we have made for the Gase effect yet? No, I have not. Okay, I should have sent it to you because it is alarming. Whenever this was created by Dirty Gertie, please put this up. The Gase effect is a real thing. Obviously, his time at Miami Dolphins on the left, not great. His time on the Jets on the right there. What the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets have done post-Adam Gase in the immediate firing of Gase, which is the first thing. Dolphins and Jets both fired Gase. Then what? They both hired defensive coaches that are beloved by players. Okay, so they got B-Flow and they got Bob's 
Sala. Then you go trade quarterback, trade quarterback, four draft capital, four draft capital, trade safety, four first, trade safety, four first, draft quarterback with top five pick, draft quarterback with top five, have double ones, double twos, double ones, double twos next year. Tannehill goes on to have a resurgence. What will happen with Donald? It feels like there is a blueprint on what to do whenever you get rid of Adam Gase. The Miami Dolphins said it. The New York Jets have followed it the exact same way. What will their success be like? We shall see. But the Gase effect feels like a real one, A.J. Hawk. Do you think Adam Gase is happy with his graphic? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, I would assume not, man. But the, he has a crazy eyes right now. I wonder how the Jets fans feel about it, too, you know, because they had to live this whole thing. The fact that he got that job. Now, I have since learned that the sheriff... Peyton was the reason why. I guess he called and gave in a good word. Allegedly, listen, I get I get attacked on Twitter. It's like <laughs> your guy. Hey, your guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is the reason why this happened. But the fact that he got another, you know, bite at the apple Wait, there. Hey, hold on. Are you saying Peyton is the reason Peyton called to get him the Jets job after he was fired from Miami? Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, that is the story. And I did not know that. I did not read that anywhere. I felt like I probably would have seen that. But Jets fans found that out somehow, and they will tell you very loudly that that was the case. And I will say this. Peyton and he probably had a lot of success because he was probably pretty cool with Peyton, if I had to guess. If Peyton manages your quarterback, you're going to try to be cool with him as much as possible. Peyton's obviously calling that offense, running that offense, running those meetings, running those practices. Peyton was head coach, GM, everything. John Elway handed him the keys. I mean, that's just, you hear anybody that's ever played a lot. Now, I don't know if anybody in Denver came out and said, like, yeah, that's exactly how it was. But anybody that's ever played, it's like, yeah, if Peyton wants to do something, we're doing it. That's just how the thing goes. With Gase, I assume Peyton had a good relationship with him. They had success, obviously, multiple. He uh, broke some records, won a Super Bowl together. So I would assume we shouldn't just blame Peyton. But, man, the Jets should have seen what happened down there in Miami. And then now, will he get another chance after this thing? He seems like he is not cut out to be a head coach. Maybe a quarterback coach, maybe offensive coordinator. But it feels like the whole managing a business day-to-day, a team, is just not his thing, it feels like. Yeah, I've talked to players that have played for him, and – they actually like a lot of guys like him like yeah man i i like him i think he's kind of misunderstood through the media just because he he hates all of the stuff around football like he enjoys yeah there you go <laughs> with the eyes he he enjoys grinding in football and film and drinking 700 cups of coffee a day like that's what he lives for but that's when you probably, become a oh, think yeah. about it, though you become a head coach it's all the garbage you have to deal with you've talked about chuck pagano mentioning that like they just want to coach and gase is one of those guys that seems like he just wants to be in the film room on the field drawing stuff up and he, everything else, like, he's not going to fake like he's enjoying it or he's having a good time. And I know that there is obviously a lot more money in being a head coach. But I would assume when Gase gets back, and I don't know what he's doing. Was he hired somewhere? I have no idea. No, he was yeah, allegedly potentially going to go to Alabama yeah. or something. But whatever he ends up, I assume he'll get another job where he'll potentially fall back in love with coaching. I'd assume that there is some, you know, like – not as much love with being a head coach in the NFL or coaching football at all from Adam Gase after all that failure too, you know? And the Tannehill thing is directly core. They're saying other organizations and teams are thinking about what happened with Tannehill. He's directly tied to that. It's like, now remember what happened with We can't give up on a quarterback because we got to remember, maybe it's just the, the coaches. Remember what Gase did to fucking Tannehill. Yeah. Tannehill got out from underneath Gase. He was like, that's a real thing in football conversations now i assume he doesn't love that getting back to coaching whether it's a position group or the offense is probably going to be a you know something that he he needs in his life at this point well, don't you think that the carolina panthers are thinking that right now like hey 
Look what happened to Tannehill once he got away. Maybe Sam Darnold, he's so young, he's 23. We're just scratching the surface of what this guy is going to be. Well, that's right down there at the bottom of that graphic that we just had up. Darnold, dot, dot, dot. TBD. TBD. <laughs> so do you think Darnold was so excited like when he was celebrating when he was traded to because Gase was already gone so like he was just over New York as well as the I, city I would assume a fresh start <laughs> yeah that's what we thought if they're going to draft a quarterback we said it on this show quarterback guru said it as well and we just talked about it about the human aspect of this whole thing if they're drafting a quarterback at two which they are right they're drafting a quarterback and you're going to make sam Darnold be there and what are you going to have him do be a mentor for a number two overall pick that you drafted that not a previous regime drafted how's that that's just it, there was no way it was going to work he knew that the jets knew that thankfully because the jets could just been blind to that and be like no he'll be he's a quarterback this is what he does this is it'll just be that whole thing they took into account the human aspect which i think is a good thing and i believe both sides were happy to be there yeah jordan palmer had him on his ig story you know dancing into oh, yeah. uh, dancing into putting a gathering put a hat on he's excited down there hey, he should be excited i mean there's no way i think for sam Darnold to have stayed there on the roster when they go out there and probably ja draft zach wilson number two overall like what you're not going to be a placeholder. You want, I, I think they're going to plug Zach in right away. If you're Bob Salah, you know you don't have a ton of time. Like We want to make sure this guy is who we think he is. Are you 100% sold that it's Zach Wilson at two, yeah? No. I'm not 100% on anything right now. Me Hey, me, I came to a, and it might have been the particular CBD strand that was potentially hitting me. I, it, it, it all kind of just crashed in my brain last hour where it was like, everything could be just good. Now, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, I think we can... Go ahead and lock that one. Check in. it off. Okay, congratulations yeah. to both of them. He's doing. He's watching the draft or whatever at Clemson, and he'll fly down to Duval, do his thing. Congrats. But at two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the top eight, I don't think any of us have a clue. There's reports coming out that the Jets have not been offered that much or not that many people have seemed interested for the number two overall pick. That comes after, obviously, a King's Ransom was given up for the number three pick. It's like, are the Jets – 100% sold on Zach Wilson, or is this all bullshit potentially? Does that, yeah, does that worry them that they haven't had so many teams calling trying to get that number two pick to take Zach Wilson now? Are they starting to rethink their strategy? Okay, like, hey, are we not Girl. seeing something that the rest of these guys are seeing? Yeah, the paralysis by analysis has to happen as well, where you start overanalyzing everything, especially when you're talking about the future of not only your lives, your jobs, your family's jobs, but also a multi-billion dollar organization you've been tasked with guiding for a bit or whatever. I mean, that's these are big decisions that have to be made. And who's leaking the information that not a lot of interest has gone to the Jets for that trade? You would have to assume that that would be somebody from the Jets. Why are the Jets releasing that? Well, are the Jets trying to drum up interest for the number two overall pick because they're not sold? Or are they not necessarily all in on who they're picking? Who knows? This could all be complete bullshit. And then the Justin Fields saga, you throw that in there, it's like, who knows what's the draft night, which we're going to have a, a draft spectacular, by the yeah, way. Let's forward slash the Pat McAfee show. AJ will be with us. We are trying to get special guests. No special guests locked in yet, but surprise special guests will be coming. I think the draft could get pretty electrifying this year. What do you got, Connor? Like when a team trades up to the pick right behind you, too, like the Niners at three with the Jets at two, you got to think that the Jets are thinking, okay, if they're trading up for somebody, who the hell is it if it's not, you know, one of the guys that we're looking at? Yeah, it's. Because if they trade up for Fields and all of a sudden the Jets are thinking, oh, shit, well, is Fields the real number two and we're just missing something here because we're so infatuated with Wilson? Yeah, and also did they potentially not do much research on anybody else because they, yeah, that's all could happen. Yeah. Hey, also, though, 
Bob Salah and Shanahan, are, he just left his staff. Like, they're close friends, I would imagine. They're, they're used to talking all the time. I don't know how much they speak now, but can they even have a normal conversation right now when they're – it would be really weird, I think, for them to even talk. We are clearly playing poker right now with each other. Yeah. Okay, Justin Fields has another pro day. The Niners are in attendance. Guess who's probably going to be in attendance as well? The New York Jets. Mm -hmm. So will the Patriots. Let's assume the New York Jets are going to be there as well. And, and as soon as that happens, the conversation is going to be like – is it Zach Wilson? Oh, why are they there? Are the Jacks there? Zach Wilson. Oh. Hey, if you guys aren't buying Zach Wilson at two, so he's minus 3,000 on FanDuel to go number two. Justin Fields is plus 1,200. You could get Mac Jones at plus 5,000 if you think maybe he's up. Hey, by the way, there's Hammer Don. The gambling <laughs> mind went right for digs. He's like, oh, if you're thinking we can profit off of this. <laughs> Smoke screens. We can profit off of this if we want to because – I, I think that's a legit thing that could happen on draft night. I'm not sure anybody the the um, the Goldman standard quote from Sanchez is going right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's going right now. I enjoyed that conversation with that man yesterday, by the way. I absolutely did, too. I, I feel like he he if he's if he's acting and he's an, an amazing actor, but he seems like he has like the right intentions behind oh. everything he's doing. Dude, I thought early, you know. I thought oh, this guy fucking stinks. You Two know, PhDs. Like, with what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Early he was like, you know, I don't like to be in front of the camera. And it's not about me. It's about the test and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, this stinks. All right, this guy. I laughed in his face. If he was to watch the video back, there was actually moments where he starts talking where while we're in a three shot, I start chuckling and I have to cover it up. And it's an obvious laugh in his face. But then now I feel terrible for those because I think he's genuinely like that. Like, I, I think he was... I think he does not normally do interviews. No. I think he was thankful for the interview afterwards, but I think he was, you know, I think he's genuinely that guy. And that's good news for us because I think we got a guy in the world that could potentially start predicting some things when other people can't figure it out. And the brain is a big mystery. Well, well didn't he say, has he been working on this that test for 15 years before he put it out? Yeah, before it went to market, 15 years. Yeah, 15 years before it went to market. What kind of return can he get on it? Like, he's not pushing it. He's not marketing it like he should if he really wants to get a return on it. I think it's it, for him, it's not about the marketing. It's not about the thing. It's about being a tool that people can use. Yeah, AJ, did you listen to no him at all? No, within the leagues, AJ. you got to assume it works, too, if it is still something that's well, being used. Super Bowl commercials? Yeah. Well, just Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so now I can say something. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes scored a 108, yeah. allegedly. This is what Mark Sanchez said. So I'd assume Patrick Mahomes potentially told Mark Sanchez he scored this, or somehow somebody found out, because Dr. Scott Goldman was not going to give us any of those test scores. Nope. But it, Patrick Mahomes has been pretty good. I want every quarterback I draft to have a 108. Yeah. That's that's what some people uh -huh. could think. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, okay, so if they score a 108, or this is what I want. It's like, who knows how all those numbers are. And I'm not saying that's how I viewed, but I'm saying there are people that would view those numbers that way. So I would assume there's potential, you know, gray area in how all of this shit is looked Josh at. Allen, too. He scored a 108, and you oh. assume if people knew that, he might have gone. You know, Allegedly scored a 108. Allegedly. He would have gone, you know, one instead of Baker if that, if that was – you know, previous knowledge. Yeah, who all knew that he was? He scored the I same mean, as Mahomes. If Justin Fields gets drafted to draft night, and they go, "This guy scored a one thirty-eight on the Goldman." Yeah, it was on Goldman AIQ. We, we weren't able to get his Wonderlick score, but we did learn that his Goldman yeah. score. I like that Goldman guy though. He, I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was a douche early. I thought he was going to be, but I, I thought he was genuine there by the end of it. He, if he is not genuine, he has me fooled, and I feel like I can sniff out douches pretty quick. Really, you got a good douche sniff? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> got him.
you know, I feel like you have a similar thing. Like you can figure out pretty early on if someone's legit. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's a good little radar to have, by the way. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Very, very important radar. It does come very quickly too, doesn't it? I mean, you learn very quick. It's hard to get off of that initial, that initial radar too. I want to. I assume for you as well. Uh, yes, very, very much so. My wife is even good at. She knows going into a new situation. Oh, you're gonna hate this dude. Oh. Like this, or you're gonna love him. Or she'll say like, "Hey, no, you're gonna love this person." The amount of times I am told that <laughs> in my life, the amount of times Foxy's probably heard it at least 50 times from people a that, million. that do not worry. They're like, oh, you are going to hate this dude, but he's, he's potentially, you know, could be a good partner or whatever. I'm like, why am I, why is everybody think I'm going to hate him? You're going to hate him. You're going to hate him. Okay. And then I, I meet the, whoever it is or whatever. And how you doing, man? And immediately upon like, hey, whatever. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do hate this dude. my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's Okay, here we go. This is, this, everybody was right. Everybody was right. Um, I enjoy those moments, though. I enjoy learning about, I enjoy, because they're all characters in a movie. You know, everybody's yeah. a character in a movie. It's, I know it's not how everybody should view their lives, because a lot of people have to do real things in this world. But for me, it's just like, uh, the Masters is, uh, is an episode of the movie we're all yep. living in right now here. Can't wait to see how fucking Bubba Watson's doing in those Jordan 4s, dude. AJ, did you see that? Bubba Watson with his fresh new cleats, dude? Yeah, I saw him post that uh, online, and then I, I have it on right now, too, man. How it's, incredibly uh, uncomfortable are those shoes, you think? Bro, that... I, I can't imagine. Like, at the turn, he should probably... I would have changed shoes at the turn, most likely. They had to have done something yeah. to make them comfortable. Because those are brand new. I remember... I got a, a pair of brand new cleats like a day before the game, and I had no other cleats to wear. And I was so like, I'm not wearing these tomorrow. They, they're going to give me blisters. My feet are going to be too uncomfortable. Those look like fresh out of the box. Yeah. He's about to go walk 18 at least in mm -hmm. these things. If they're anything like the actual version of the fours, it's like, we might need to... <laughs> We need to fade, I think. We need to fade <laughs> Bubba Watson. The feet are going to be in pain. They had to have done something. Yeah, they must have customized it. Dr. Scholl. What feet. if he slept in them? That's, put them so on. Actually, what you do is you get into a hot tub with them. Oh, yeah. really? They yeah, mold. You put shoes on. Yeah. If they're leather, if they have a leather base. Like a mouth guard. You put shoes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you go into a hot tub, wear them, and then you obviously come out, you tie them, you put a thing in there. It's like yeah. a baseball mitt, too. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Shaving cream. If, if you have is. Ultra Boost insoles, take oh. them out, put them in your J's. That's what I do. Really? Yeah. You got tiny feet, though. Yeah, I know, but it makes them way more comfortable. Yeah, but the thing about the Jays is my pinky toe. Yeah. It's always my pinky toe just gets, because I have fat feet. So mm -hmm. it's always the outside kind of gets. Let's assume we learned about Bubba. Bubba's got a little little thinner foot. A little, little tiny a little thinner foot with these things. Yeah. You know, that's why he's able to get out there. A little angled, maybe. I wish. Hey, I, wait, go ahead. You haven't worked out any deal with Hoka to make you a, a nice golf shoe that you could, you know, trot around the course in? As we were all talking there, I thought somebody was going to say it. I think, I think Bubba reached out to Hoka and said, yeah, hey, yeah. need these fours to be comfor comfortable for the course. You need to get your uh, clubs extended, though. Yeah, he's getting, hey, listen, you're going to grow. Be careful on the tee box. You're going to have to bend a little bit. You're going to have to go down a little bit more. But you're going to be, look, he's starting to walk with a little bit of a limp, isn't he? Uh-oh. <laughs> I suppose I get a piggyback from his caddy. Hey, how awesome would it be if you saw him, like, sitting down at a tee box three holes from now? Let your fucking band-aids out. His caddy's got a little blister thing for him. I'm going to let him know. They look incredibly clean, okay? Yeah, Incredi they are gorgeous. They are wildly dope pair of uh, golf cleats. 
He also has CBDMD on his hat, so mm-hmm. we are on his visor, so we are. Oh, that's how he's coping the pain. We love everything yeah. he's got. Oh, yeah, he's got some of his gummies going in there. But man, those there's no way those brand new paracletes are comfortable. They just need to get a shot of him leaning up against a tree. Like, oh man, my feet. He did walk off camera there. Yeah, and he immediately collapsed. <laughs> oh my God! Somebody carry me! Somebody give me a cigarette! Let's get to a phone call, shall we? Shaq Griffin was supposed to join us five minutes ago. He has not joined the Zoom call. Hope everything's okay with him. Let's get to Bob and Johnny down here in West Virginia. What's going on, Bob and Johnny? Hi, Bob. Living on the edge down there, all of a sudden. Hey, hey, Bob. What's going on down there? Oh, hanging out. Um, first time I called him to the show. Chase is with you guys. Rest in peace, Chase. Really enjoyed hearing his stories. Hey, rest anyway. in peace, Chase Smith, by the way. Shout out you, Bobby, uh, for remembering that. What do you want to talk about, man? Man, I love West Virginia. I can get out here and do stuff all the time. What's your favorite story from West Virginia that's not football related? Oh, I appreciate that, Bobby Johnny. Sounds like you are right outside of... Uh... Whatever it was buzzing there, maybe like uh, one of those bug killer things, you know, Ooh, when yeah. bugs ever. you know, whenever the bug flies, it felt like that was, I feel like there was a, maybe a thousand bugs yeah. getting slaughtered behind the call there. Bobby, Johnny, hope everybody's okay over there. Uh, West Virginia, Morgantown, West Virginia is just a really good time. I mean, I've been to Moorfield, West Virginia, which is uh, basically a town in the middle of the mountains of West Virginia is where my roommate lived. I had a blast in college. West Virginia was a very good time. I assume the same with Columbus, though. Very different styles, though, Columbus and Morgantown. Have you ever been to Columbus or Morgantown? I actually have not been uh, anywhere really. No, I haven't been on campus uh, in Morgantown. No, Ohio State, I mean, it's all people would tell me, oh, 50,000 undergrad. Like, how do you? It's so big, it's crazy, but I mean, it's my only college experience, so I don't know what it's like being at a place that has 4,000 undergrads. Yeah, like Gonzaga, by the way. Gonzaga has, what, 4,700 or 5,700 undergrad or whatever. Everybody knows everybody there. That's a high school. That's an actual high school there. Morgantown, you saw the same people, you know, in the same places. I think uh, 28,000, ah, 30, maybe 15, ah, ah. Oh, that's a number that I was told one time. What did it feel like? How many people did it feel like? 28,000. 28,000. My first. Wow. Good pull. Still got it, dude. Hell yeah. Give me the Goldman, bro. <laughs> I mean, the walking on broken glass. that That's one of one. I yeah, feel that's like a bad. I mean, that's a great night. Just it, it looked like Baghdad out there. I mean, that is, I think that's something. But Columbus, I was over there for the, uh, the Barstool tailgate show. It felt very similar to how Morgantown felt. You know what I mean? It felt like, okay, these kids are doing the same types of things. Yeah, not, not to the level, I don't think, because I think your academia is a little bit higher. But now after watching that admission scandal, maybe everything's bullshit. But it, the Morgantown, West Virginia academia level, a lot lower, a lot higher dropouts, I'd assume, that go to West Virginia. Uh, so just kind of ratchet it up a little bit, both yeah. in the volume and the ratchetness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little bit difference between Morgantown and Ohio State, if I had to guess. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's it's very difficult to get into Ohio State, especially now. I mean, it was tough enough back when I was going there. Oh, Ohio State's just you talking about out. the front door. Okay. <laughs> what you talking about the front door of Ohio State? Yeah, I had to go in the front door. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you came in the side door. You came in the side door actually. No, it's side door. AJ. A football scholarship. The side door. Oh, so you, so you think football is above above uh, water polo? Wow. No, you, you think it's above it's true? Wow. Wow. Because all those people are getting in via scholarships for those sports, and all of a sudden. They drive one foot. What's that? The a- athletes go in the back door. 
No, no, the back door is the donation. Correct. Yeah. The back door is the donation where it's like a, a $10 million donation. You build a library, you build a hall. The side door is the scholarships where mm -hmm. you're not, you're probably not gonna be able to donate and you're, you're definitely not gonna do there. So athletic scholarships, the in. Old buddy, what was his name? What was his name? Singer? Yeah. Mark? Ringer? Rick. Rick, 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 Rick Singer. Call. Rick Singer? No. Rick Singer, I think, is that other guy. Steven Singer. Oh, Steven Singer. Okay. It is Rick. We hated that guy. <laughs> no, no, that was the thing. That was the thing. Was the thing. I hate Steven Singer. That was his thing. It wasn't us. No. That's like his marketing. <laughs> Jesus, what a run. It's his that website. Was. That's his website. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah I hate Steven Singer. Yeah, yeah. We did hate him. Uh, Rick Singer from Sacramento. Rick Singer. There it is. Yeah. The side door is the scholarships, though. That's what they were doing in the the posing of photos, whether it was on a a row machine in the house or in the back pool playing a little polo. That's how they did it. You think it's how the Winklevi got in, or they were on scholarship? I think the Winklevi earned it front door. Yeah, yeah, they were crew. They were they were crew superstars. Yeah, they actually did row. Yeah, yeah. they had Bitcoin back then. They knew it was coming. <laughs> they knew it. They did. If you created Facebook, you would have created Facebook. What a line! <laughs> Let's go to Edwin in San Jose. What's going on, Edwin? That's a good line. Yo, what up? Great line. And true. Doing? Hey, everything's great, Edwin. I, I, hold on real quick, though, Edwin. I want to let you know, from yeah. that movie, Portnoy and Smitty, when you get in those depositions, it's showtime. Yeah. Okay? Don't yeah. forget. It is showtime. And you can you can crush it in there. Yep. Absolutely fucking yeah. crush it in there. It will be on record. It, it, it are, will be. We're going to see it. Yeah. And it is hysterical things to remember anyway sorry about that edwin what do you want to talk about oh <laughs> uh, you know i'm just uh here at work and if the 49ers do take mac jones over justin field i might throw myself head first into the wood chipper <laughs> but... Good Lord. <laughs> that is a brutal yeah that's the nfl that, that's how much it matters that's what fanhood is all about yes <laughs> all right edwin i mean i don't know what's going you that's should go in feet movie. first all right. Okay. Uh, AJ. AJ. If you're driving on two feet, think about it. Yeah. If you want to make it, if you want to make it worse for yourself, if you're that upset. Uh, that's With spring coming up on us like this, it's time to get some home improvements going on around the house, and that means it's time to get the lawn on track. Listen, this is the year where your lawn can be a good lawn. This is the year where. In the middle of the summer, when you look back on what you got going on with the grass and with what you got going on in the landscape, this can be a year where it's good instead of going, ah, fuck, I feel like I could be better in this department. It happens to all of us. We all just assume that it's incredibly complicated to get that beautiful, luscious, green grass. Not the case anymore. Sundays is a lawn care product that's out to make it much easier. It's a customized lawn plan that works with nature. They take out all the guesswork. So there's no unwanted chemicals. There's actually zero chemical, uh, zero unwanted chemicals. You can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pet friendly. Okay, that's big news. And also good for the planet. I actually have a box of their customized soil that they made for my house. What happens is you give them the address. They do a study. Okay, I, I, let me get to the part where they tell you exactly who it is. They study the soil in your area where your house is and create a custom thing for grass to grow better at your house as opposed to a one-size-fits-all type bullshit operation everybody else is doing. Wow. 
All you have to do is go to GetSunday.com. That's G-E-T-S-U-N-D-A-Y.com. Put in your home address, and their free lawn analysis tool will take care of the rest in just seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Sunday is made with ingredients you can actually pronounce like seaweed, iron, and molasses so you can grow better and feel better about it. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Go visit GetSunday.com slash Pat to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at G-E-T-S-U-N-D-A-Y dot com slash P-A-T. It's absurd. It turns out I got a lot of silt in my soil, okay, because it was on a, uh, a floodplain. So the things that they create for my soil will be different than your soil if you live elsewhere. This feels like this is what we should have been doing this entire time. Mm-hmm. Genius. Shout out to Sunday for making our lawns better and doing it in a much smarter fashion so nobody is wasting any bullshit time. That's GetSunday.com slash Pat. $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. Shout out to Sunday. Shout out to you for listening. Let's get back to the show. And joining us, a new member of the Jacksonville Jaguars down there in Duval. Ladies and gentlemen, Shaq Griffin. Good. Hey, how are you, man? Thank you for joining us. I heard there was a little bit of a miscommunication on when you were joining us, when you weren't. I apologize for that. I can't be thankful enough for you uh, stopping by today. Uh, no doubt, man. I appreciate you guys having me, man. No problem. No problem. Hey, three-year, $44 million deal. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, you leave Seattle. You go back to Florida. You're Jacksonville now. What was the conversation like with Urban? Because it feels like with him talking about rebuilding that organization, that franchise, every time I've heard him speak, it seems like he's really going right now. What was that conversation like? What's the vision? And why are you excited to be down there? Oh, man, uh, actually, the first conversation was great. You know, I feel like the main thing that, uh, you know, the main thing that he has is that he believed in something special. You know, he believed that something great can happen in Jacksonville. And you know, that was the first thing he said when I first walked in the office. And then, you know, you go from that to, you know, uh, let's go besides ball. You know, he, he was he was busy uh, worried about, you know, my family, how they're doing, you know, and that means, you know, I feel like the most to me, you know, you, you, you talk about bringing guys in, changing the culture around. And you're talking about a coach who actually cares about the players, cares about their well-being, who cares about the family. Because, you know, these are the guys that you're going to battle with. So, you know, these are the type of guys you want to know, you know, in and out. So, uh, you know, that 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 was different for me, you know, to get a chance to hear that and, and, and see that from him. So, uh, you know, he believes in something special, you know, and it's easy, you know, for me to believe in it well. So it's cool. That's awesome. In your short time getting to, to be around Urban Meyer, have you found any similarities between he and Pete Carroll? Because on the outside, it looks like they – two guys that coach in a very different manner uh man uh you know different manner but i feel like the main thing is you got two coaches know how to win. uh you know i'm going from a uh, organization where pete carroll did some amazing things and still to this day he's doing something amazing and but the main thing is pete carroll know how to win you know and i'm going to another area where i'm with a coach who else will not do the same thing so uh, that's the main thing you know i'm going to an organization you know um that's planning on winning more games, you know, going to the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, Urban Meyer believes in that, you know. And like I said, the same background between him and Pete Carroll is they both know how to win games. So, you know, and that's the part that I believe in. What was your relationship like with Pete? It sounds like it was a good relationship because it's obviously with the media and being the NFL and, you know, things are going to get 
talked about probably taken out of context, whatever the case. I always thought he was like a super players coach, always. And then this Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll public beef that is allegedly happening that is now Brandon Marshall's reporting is is over. What was Pete Carroll like and what was your relationship with him like? Um, no, we had a, a great relationship. Uh, me and Pete had a great relationship. You know, and I, fig- uh, I feel like people forget that this still is business, you know, and, and it's not no hard feelings. And, you know, some things do get uh, taken out of context. And I feel like people forget about that, you know, um, and understand, you know, you have disagreement with your with your family, you know, your brothers, your sisters, you know, is some things, some people see things a little different. Pete Carroll may see something different than Russell Wilson, but the main thing is, you know, they're trying to get on the same page and, and that's family, you know, what family doesn't have little disagreements or arguments where they have to figure it out, you know, and I feel like they have a family there, you know, and that's the type of organization that Pete Carroll, you know, likes to build, you know, uh, family oriented, you come over and just be yourself, truly exactly who you are. And, you know, and, and Russell Wilson is an amazing guy. He want to reach to that that next level and he want Pete Carroll to see that same vision he sees, you know, and, and as family, you can go through these little, these little disagreements, little arguments because you're going to find something better out of it. So, you know, uh, we had a great relationship and, you know, it's going to happen. Hey, it makes you stronger, I think. I, I really do believe it makes a relationship stronger because it, like, you know, it matures the relationship almost. Whenever you go through some shit, if you end up still together, it's like, okay, we've been through this. Let's go and go and do it. AJ, what do you got? I'm sorry, Bob. Hey, so I, I know you moved uh, earlier after your rookie year, I believe. You moved from right to left corner. You took over for Richard Sherman. Not a lot of people can do that. I mean, that's a big, some big shoes to fill, and you obviously had a great year. Like, how do you, how did you mentally make that jump, and was it that difficult? Um, the jump, the, the first year, I felt like I, I thought about it too much. You know, uh, it, was, it was so much of a talk of the Legion of Boom or, you know, the Richard Shermans. And, you know, I felt like the main thing is I felt like I was trying to imitate what they wanted in that in that organization, in that culture. And, you know, and going to, you know, you fast forward a, a year later, you know, I felt like I put more of Shaquille in it, you know, and I was ready to, you know, take advantage of whatever side I'm on. It doesn't matter if they're moving around or not. You know, I was going to make the best out of it. You know, and once I figured it out, you know, just put my own game into it and just being my myself, you know, and just playing my great ball that I usually do, you know, I felt like that what kind of made the transition a lot easier, you know. But that first year, I felt like I put too much pressure on myself, which it wasn't needed, you know, just doing exactly what I know how to do, you know, was definitely good enough. So, uh, you know, now I just have to build off that. I remember watching, you know, a story about you, your brother, your family and everything, and then you got a chance to play together. I mean, how that is, that had to be dream come true out of Zoom for, I mean, your entire life. Like, hey, we might be able to play together whenever we get to the NFL. That's fucking absurd. <laughs> just... No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, I feel like uh, the story, you know, you can continue to say it, but it doesn't matter when you say it or how you say it. You know, it, it's still amazing to see, you know, and it still gives me goosebumps to talk about it because, you know, that usually does not happen. You know, you talking about being that 1% chance of a guy like my brother getting drafted one, and the 1% chance of us playing together at the highest level. You know, things like that doesn't happen, you know, and it is a Cinderella story, so it's cool. But, you know, this is just half of it. You know, it's still a story being written. You know, right now my brother have, you know, different teams that he can go to right now. Not sure if he'll go to Jacksonville with me or so many different things that this story can, uh, has to offer, you know, and it's, like I said, it's just the beginning. I feel like we're just getting started with it. So that's, you know, I can't wait to see what's next. Especially you go back to Florida, turn the franchise around. I mean, there he is. There is so much that can happen on that thing. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Shaq, they uh, talked about the Jaguars kind of turning into a whole different organization. Have you been able to go to the facility and kind of see what they've been working on? Or are you still uh, at home doing training on your own? Uh, yeah, I've been there uh, after I uh, first got a chance to, uh, when I first signed. 
got a chance to see everything, but it's so much more to it. You know, I feel like what they were showing me, you know, they'll show me one thing to be like, yeah, we're going to do this to it. We're going to change this up. I'm like, whoa. So, you know, we come in, he changed the program around. He changing everything, you know. We want everything from scratch, brand new. And like I said, man, he has a vision, you know, and it's cool that he had a vision. He's And he's sharing it with us so we can start to believe in it now before we even get started, you know. And I feel like this is awesome. So, uh, you know, we'll have calls and uh, talks. You know, he'll be asking, all right, you coming down here? You know, you come down here and you can train. You get yourself together, you know, get your place together. You know, just go ahead and get more equipped the floor to come back. You know, and hearing that, knowing the coach wants you there so bad, you know, and ready to get to it, you know, it, it, it really it, it really shows his passion, his pride for this game, and that's the type of guy I want to play for. Hey, it, does it feel like college? Like, he, it sounds like a, like wanting to get to know you and your family. It's like, and then, hey, you coming down here to work out? And that, it, it's almost, I think I, people might take this as me talking shit, but does it feel like more like a college Coach, because it sounds like he's. I want to meet the players. We're going to sign. I want to talk to them. I like to meet, to get to know them. It is that doesn't happen anymore in the business world. You know, in the business world, that is the NFL. It's like, hey, good, good. Let's yeah. figure it out. Let's do that. And Urban's like, I don't really like the, how some of these things are being run around here. And do you think it is sustainable? Do you think what he's doing with calling you and asking you, like, hey, you coming down here to work out? That's like your college coach type thing. That's like your college position group or your strength coach does that type of thing. Do you think it's sustainable, you think, with what Urban's doing? And how do you think it's going to work over time in the NFL? Well, my college experience was a little different, so mine wasn't like that. But uh, <laughs> 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 hey, me neither, about Urban Myers, you know, I'm just saying the guy who's uh, truly, you know, want to get, get an understanding of who I am and where I come from so you have a better respect of the guy who you're working with, the guy, you know, who uh, who's coaching me or, you know, vice versa of me understanding the guy who I'm, I'm playing for. You know, you have a sense of respect, you know, you're talking about going to battle with these guys. You you, you build this certain relationship. You're willing to do whatever it takes, you know, and ready to run through a wall through a guy that you truly love and truly respect. And I feel like that's the, the culture he's trying to build. You know, he want to build it off love and respect, That's knowing awesome. that I'll do any, I'll do anything for a guy, knowing that he has my back no matter what, because he know who I am. He know why, he knows the reason why I'm doing, I'm playing this game. He know what I'm fighting for, and he want to help me accomplish that. Man, you know, no. that's, that's different. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah, that sounds. You would hope, by the way, that every coach would have that mindset. But when business gets involved and scheduling conflicts happen, it is. It's not easy. It's nice to hear that it seems like. Have you asked? Don't. Don't. Never mind. There was a boat trip he took this past week. Uh -oh. Listen, hey, we don't need to ask any questions. You don't need to ask, but I mean, uh, what do you have? <laughs> yeah, Shaq, there was also a uh, report going into the hiring of Urban Meyer that he does not like the word elite. Uh, do you free agents have like a group text like, hey, when you're around Urban, you know, say you're living on the edge. You're not trying to be elite, or is that just kind of no knowledge? And what does living on the edge mean to you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that would be a new one for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really just getting to the group chat, so I haven't got to that part of it. But uh, no, living on the edge for me, ooh, I don't know, man. Uh, it sounds pretty dangerous. <laughs> hey, that's the team motto down there. Uh -huh. I'm excited. You know, you I'm know it sounds dangerous, but sometimes you got to be dangerous to play this game. You know, oh. I was always told. I was always told any person who played this game and you run into people for a living, you already got some some uh, loose screws up in the head because it's what you do. You think about it. I tell people when they ask me what you do for a living, oh, I just headbutt people. You know, it sounds crazy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest. <laughs> but literally, we had people for a living. So, yeah, you got to have some loose screws. So, you got to be a little dangerous. You got to live a little life on the edge. You got to be, you got to, everybody will say you got to stay dangerous. So, uh, I believe.
I believe in it. <laughs> Diggs, what do you got? Speaking of that, you're going into division now where you got to go up against Derrick Henry twice a year. What are your thoughts on coming off the edge when he's got a toss coming your way? Hey, man, I was always taught you got to do what you got to do, no matter who's in front of you, no matter who. You got to be a grown man by grown man business. So uh, mm-hmm. I ain't really too worried about that. I just got to get my job done. Hey, listen, you got Carson Wentz in this goddamn division, too. Okay. okay. You need to, yeah. That's, uh-huh. Okay, let's not, just, let's not just focus on any, any Derrick Henry running. Uh-huh. Okay? All right. Hey, we appreciate you so much, man. Thanks for making this happen. No, no doubt, man. I appreciate you guys again. Hey, good luck down there in Jacksonville, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. The fact that you allow us to do this daily, Monday through Friday, is just incredibly nice of you. I'm watching the Masters, as I assume a lot of you are. Dustin Johnson just buried home a bogey two-and-a-half-foot putt. The course, or double bogey two-and-a-half-foot putt there on 18. The course has been very mean to a select few of the men. Some people have done well. We'll see how it continues throughout the weekend. The Masters members were not thrilled with the 20-under last year, said We want to be a little bit more difficult. They did such a thing. We'll talk about that tomorrow on a feel-good Friday with some great guests. Hopefully propel you into the weekend in beautiful fashion. Can't thank you enough. You're the best humans alive. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Mitt, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Thursday night. Uh, Ty is traveling. He's got something he's got to take care of. Not bad. It's actually very, very good. Uh, But he's on the road today and tomorrow. He'll be back Monday. So, Mick, good luck out there. I'm pulling for you, bud. Please play some independent music, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Cheers.